0: to the fire. don't have a contest for that kind of love. I don't understand. I can't comprehend. All I know is I need you. I run to the fire.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Watershed. My name is Drew. I'm so glad to see you today. We get to celebrate that we can run to the Heavenly Father. Uh, i got a passage for us out of some scripture here. This is from Hebrews. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, This is such a good book. If you haven't read it recently, it's a really good one, Hebrews, at the kind of end of the Bible. Uh, So this is what it says in chapter 4 here. Listen to this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, Jesus... Who ascended into heaven jesus the son of god let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need that's the open invitation jesus made a way for us to come to the father We can always come and approach him. Whether we've run, whether we've hid, whether we're not so sure, we can always come. We can always return. We can always come to him. So um, just today, before we get started with our worship, let's let's greet the people around us. Before we do that, question of the day, tulip time's coming up. How are we feeling about that? Are you pro-tulip time, a partaker, or are you more of a tulip time avoider? Ready? Share with your neighbor. Ready, go. Just as that passage of Hebrews has said, we can boldly come before the throne. The invitation is there for us to come receive grace and mercy. God is for us. What? <laughs> You're still thinking about tulip time. So let's, uh, let's worship together. Would we stand together today? And we're going to worship together. We can come before our Father and sing this out. Your grace is on our side.
0: will find us you're never far away battles behind us battles ahead God you are for us so what stands against we have this promise you're never far away we've seen your faithfulness In the darkest night, we've seen your goodness, God. Favor on our lives, everywhere we go, your grace is on our side. Your grace is on our side. God, you are for us, what stands against? We have this promise, you're never far away. We've seen, we've seen your faithfulness in the darkest night. We've seen your goodness, God, favor on our lives. Everywhere we go, your grace is on our side. Your grace is on our side, whatever comes our way. God, be lifted I ah, your love will never fail. We will testify everywhere we go. Your grace is on our side. Your grace is on our side. From glory to glory, in Jesus' name. From morning to dancing, Jesus Name From battle to blessing we go in Jesus Name From glory to glory in Jesus Name From morning to dancing, Jesus Name From battle to blessing we go in Jesus Name
1: We've seen your
0: faithfulness in the darkest night. We've seen your goodness, God, favor on our lives. Everywhere we go, your grace is on our side. Your grace is on our side, whatever comes our way. God, be lifted high, your love will never fail. We will testify everywhere we go. Your grace is on our side. Your grace is on our side. Yeah, yeah. Forever on our side.
1: Amen. His grace is on our side.
0: I am free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Who the Son. I am chosen, not forsaken, I am who you see I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you see I am. I am chosen, not forsaken, I am who you see I am, you are for Yes, I am who you see. I am who the sun sets free. Oh, he's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am in my. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you see I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you see I am. I am chosen. For me, not against me. I am who you see I am, yes I am who you see I am, yes I am who you see I am, who the sun sets free, oh we scream deep, I'm a child of Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am.
1: Yes, Jesus, we're children of you, children of God. Because you've adopted us and invite us into your family. God, we love you so much. Thanks so much that we get to come to you and worship you today. Amen. Y'all can have a seat.
2: Well, good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. Good to be able to worship together with you. Uh, it is an awesome day. We, we get to celebrate what we just sang. Uh, baptism is a sign and a seal It's God's promise of who he says we are to him. And that is, this morning, that we are forgiven people. I don't know if as you were walking in, you saw underneath the watershed, freedom, friendship, rest. That we are free in the finished work of Jesus. What Jesus has done is for the world. That good news is for each and every one of us. You may not believe it yet, but let me tell you this. It's true for you. You may have believed it for years, and let me remind you again, it's true for you, that we have freedom in the finished work of Jesus. When we are baptized, when we are reminded this morning, Jones, Malone, and and, and, and Nora, we get to to baptize you.
3: Yeah, hi guys. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, Nora's smiling. The twins are like, yo dude, what up? (laughs) What's true for them, even though they're not aware of it yet, is the same as for us, right? It's not on us whether or not God loves us. It's God's choice. He's chosen us. He loves us in Christ Jesus. In baptism we're reminded that we're children of God. We we just sang again, we are a child of God. That's what God has done for us in Jesus. Through our brother Christ, who just happens to be our Lord and King. He says, "You're part of my family." Now, you may not want to be part of the family. How many of you sometimes don't want to be I'm not looking at this section at all. No, no. Once you're part of the Visser fam- the Visser clan, right? You're <laughs> But we may not always want to be part of the family. However, God goes, hey, here's the reality. You're in my family. Do you believe it? Will you live into it? Right. That's one of the promises uh, for each and every one of us. If you've been baptized, even if you haven't, this is the truth and the reality in Jesus. You're part of his family. This morning, it's, it's, it's kind of unique in the fact that Rich and Kelsey, Ryan, Kate, and, and their kids, they're part of kind of our extended watershed in Hardaway. They grew up here, Kate and, 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 and Rich, right? I'm getting ahead of myself. I got to get my words together. <laughs> I'm getting so excited. This is fun. I mean, grew up as a part of Hardaway watershed. Renee, you and Dick have been a big part of our family. You continue to feed us. Thank you, Renee, with some wonderful goodies. But we get to to participate in this as a big family, right? That in baptism, it's not just you who show up on Hardaway's campus or at Watershed in particular. In baptism, we're a part of God's family. This means something to me because when I think of my brother who's sitting in Australia, who's traveled the world as... For the longest time on his own, you know where he went to find family? You know where he went to find relationships, whether it was in Spain or Ireland or South Africa? You know where he went to find a wife in Australia? The church. Because he found brothers and sisters all over the world. We are, in Christ, part of the same family. Blood need not apply, but the Spirit of Jesus does, right? And that's the next part of that promise that we have in baptism is that God says, when I give you, uh, when I take you into my life, I'm actually going to come into yours. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. Whether we realize always how the Holy Spirit works or not. I mean, this is the beauty of baptism. We don't know all of its implications, I still don't, even as a pastor who officiates baptism. I still am learning the depths of what this means for me. Because the Holy Spirit's involved. God's literal presence is moving in us. And he says, guess what? When you have this sign and seal placed upon you, it means I'm always going to be with you whether you want me to be or not. I'm going to be the one who gives you your life, your breath, your being. I'm going to be the one who keeps trying to pull you back into the life that Jesus saved you into. Right? This is some of the promises we have in our baptism. And then finally, we're going to hear this even in the message a little bit, that baptism reminds us we have hope. We have hope beyond even this life. That God has not only brought us into his family here on earth, but he's brought us into his family eternally. And that we have a security in him, an assurance in him. We have life and hope. And and as parents this morning, right, as as you go, that your children are in the hands of God. Because your hands aren't big enough. You've already realized that, right? (laughs) Now, Elida, hi, sweetie. I know you're the oldest one. Ro,
3: ro, Reggie. (laughs)
2: we alida and i have agreements right we we have a relationship that has to do with scooby-doo so we'll just just we'll we'll work on that so but the reality is god is holding on to us right in our baptism we keep going back to it we keep being reminded of the fact that god is holding on to us no matter what we face Folks, so when we do this, this isn't just some institution. It's not just some religious thing we do. What we do is holy. It's set apart. It's bigger than us. And it's all about God's promises for us. Which hold us and carry us and give us life. So, Vissers, Ruiz family... If you'll come up this morning, I want to introduce you here. So we've got Kate and Ryan, and we have Jones and Malone. Yeah. Yes! Got the twins. And by the way, about a year ago, we were, we were praying for, for Kate. We were praying for these twins. Um, you had quite a journey. Um, and so the fact that you're standing up, you're healthy, you're well, these little boys are here is, is we celebrate this morning that God is good, um, that God has held you. And we've even prayed for you too, Nora. You were a little earlier. You were about a month and a half earlier than them, weren't you? Than your cousins. Yeah. <laughs> And we have Rich and Kelsey Visser. Um, so again, they're part of our bigger family. And, and, and sometimes in moments, we, we step in today and we celebrate this as the larger church. And so um, today, uh, as I said, baptism. Hey, sweetie. I know. I saw you last week. Yeah, I know. And you smiled too, just like that. I'm sorry. I get kids, man. Like, it's, it's just there. We talked about what baptism is, right? And we use water. Why? Because water reminds us of what? That Jesus ultimately is the water of life, right? He's our nourishment. He's the one who saturates us. We need water to live, and, and, and we need him to have our lives. Water cleanses us, right? Just like we're washing our hands, just as we take showers or baths, right? We're reminded that that water, that living water, cleanses us. It nourishes us, refreshes, right? We use water. One of the things about baptism, too, that we're all reminded of is God calls us then into a life that lives into this truth. right? That's what faith is. Their journey, and our journey as well, is learning to trust these promises that we're forgiven, that we're adopted into God's family, trusting that the Spirit is with us, trusting we have eternal life. <laughs> hey, sweetie. You want to go, don't you? <laughs> so, With all this being said, uh, I just have questions for each of you as parents um, and as a family together. Um, So first off, do you promise to instruct these children, um, to Nora, to Jones, to Malone, do you promise to instruct them in the truth of God's word, in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ? Do you promise to pray for them, to teach them to pray, and to train them in Christ's way? As an example, through worship and in the nurture of the church, if you can say so, please say, we do, God us. we do, God helping us. All right. Then if you want to bring them a little bit closer, I'm going to kneel down here. And something we read for all of our children is, we, it's called the French Reformed Liturgy. It's just some words that tell us again of what the gospel is. And so I'd like to read these for uh, all three. You're doing good, Nora. You got this. <laughs> for you, Nora and Jones Malone, for you, each of you, Jesus Christ came into the world. For you, he lived and he showed God's love and he entered in the darkness of Gethsemane. He died on the cross for each of you. Even though you never even, you don't know it yet. Yep. Yeah. And no, you've not sinned yet. No, no, nothing you knew. You haven't done anything wrong, right, mom and dad? <laughs> but he did all of this, right? He died for you. Why? So that you could live. For you, he uttered the cry, it is finished. For you, he rose from the dead and he ascended from the grave so that you could live with him in heaven where he intercedes for you. And all of this was done for you before you ever even knew it. And we will continue to tell you this good news, yes, as long as we possibly can. And we promise in this way that the gospel will be be fulfilled because when we love,
3: right, we love because God first loved us. Amen? All right. So, Nora, we'll start with you. Nora Nicole Visser, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Good job, sweetie. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) Jones Richard Ruiz, hey, buddy, I baptize you in the name of the Father. (laughs) In the name of the Son. Good job. And in the name of the Holy Spirit. Great job, buddy. Malone Florentino Ruiz. I baptize you in the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. And in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi,
2: <laughs> Amen? Amen? All right. Family of Watershed, Heart Lake, if you'll stand with us. And this morning as you give your commitment, we don't just commit to them as a family, but we commit on behalf of the church and who the church is supposed to be. So I ask you these questions. Do you promise to love, encourage, and support these brothers and sisters by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family in fellowship, prayer, and service. If you can say so, please say, we do, God helping us. Awesome. If you don't mind staying standing, if some of the family, if you want to come, we'll lay hands and pray for them. Actually, if you want to kind of come this way, your family's all, like, here. Um, If you're not in the vicinity and part of our church family, why don't you lift your hands up? Um, and we're going to say a word of prayer uh, for the family. So let's... And we can huddle around, too, so you can stand in front of them. (laughs) All right, let's pray together. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us, for forgiving us and giving us life. Lord, for... For Nora and Jones and Malone, for creating them beautifully and wonderfully and uniquely in your image. God, for continuing to say we are part of your family, for giving us your Holy Spirit, for for promising us eternal life, and all of this is in Christ Jesus. So Lord, we, we pray that you would help Rich and Kelsey, help Ryan and Kate. Lord, that we would walk alongside of them as best we can, that the church would surround them and and love them, that we would continue to live the gospel, the good news, out together so that your children, Lord, not only in this family, but all children would know your goodness, your grace, and your life in Christ Jesus. Lord, bless them, keep them, cause your face to shine on them, be gracious to them, smile upon them and give them your peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Let's welcome, all right, you may be seated, and as they're finding a seat, I want to invite uh, children through fifth grade, if uh, those who are heading off to children's ministry, come on over, Miss Sam's going to pray for us.
0: And before we pray, I just wanted to mention that um, kindergarten and first grade will be going upstairs with second and third today. So when you come to pick up your kids, um, they'll be upstairs. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the beautiful baptisms we just got to witness. Thank you for our families and this church. Amen. Amen.
2: As we dive into the message uh, this week, normally we will watch a video, so I want to invite us to watch a video from the story. This is our second to the last week, so if you will, just kind of fix your eyes on the screen and we'll catch up on this week's.
4: traveled all around telling people about Jesus. The Holy Spirit compelled him to return to Jerusalem. Paul didn't know why, but he had a sense that there was trouble ahead. When he arrived in Jerusalem, Paul went to the temple to share about how he had encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. His story angered some of the Jews so much that they dragged Paul away from the temple and tried to kill him. Just before they could, a group of Roman soldiers arrived and arrested Paul. On their way to the jail, Paul asked if he could say something to the crowd that had gathered. The soldiers agreed and Paul told them about his experience on the road to Damascus. When Paul told them that God called him to share God's message with non-Jews called Gentiles, they started screaming for him to be killed. So the soldiers took him into the barracks. When they discovered that Paul was a Roman citizen, they became fearful of doing anything to harm him. This led to a series of courtroom battles where the Jews and Romans fought to decide what to do with Paul. Finally, Paul insisted that because he was a Roman citizen, he had the right to go to Rome and appeal to Caesar. As Paul awaited his trial in Rome, he was allowed to live in his own home, under house arrest. For over two years, Paul served others by inviting them into his home and telling them about Jesus and his message. Paul was eventually let go and began to travel again, but was quickly arrested and returned to Rome. This time, he was forced to live in a cold dungeon, chained like a criminal. Eventually, he was executed by the Roman government. Unfortunately, Paul wasn't the only apostle to be executed for what he believed telling others about Jesus. In fact, almost every one of the original disciples of Jesus was killed. All of them, except for one.
2: If you'll join me in prayer one more time. God, uh, we just thank you um, again for your, your love for us in Christ. Lord, as our uh, heart is drawn to your word this morning, as we seek to hear what the scriptures have to say to us, Lord, teach us. Help us to understand. We can't understand what you have for us um, without your help. So Holy Spirit, move in this moment, move in this time and in this space. Lead us, guide us, and help us. Lord, breathe your life into us encourage us through your scriptures and lord for me uh, as i talk god let the words of my mouth reflect the goodness of your heart and if there's anything in me lord that that isn't supposed to be there this morning just wipe that from my memory keep it away from my tongue and lord even if i say something that makes no sense at all (laughs) god by your spirit work all things for your glory God, we love you. We praise you. May your truth be the word and the truth for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those who haven't been with us in this uh, journey kind of throughout the school year, we've been going through the whole Bible. So we are one week away from being finished. Over 31 weeks, we have journeyed through the whole story of the Bible. Have we touched on every story? By no means. Today, as we come to the end of Paul's life, who was a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, um, we can't at all cover the entirety of his life. Uh, but through it, we've been th- picking up on some major themes, some major things for us to think through. Last week, we, we embarked on what Paul's ministry was all about. And we talked about how we represent, we're representatives of something in our lives, right? All of us represent something, and Paul saw, though, that as a follower of Jesus, we represent him. So, so are we? Are we representing Jesus in our lives? Right? Are we representing his goodness? Are we representing his grace, his kindness? Or, or are we contributing to the junk of life? Right? Who is it that we represent? Today, as we come to the end of Paul's life, we're going to dive into 2 Timothy. It's one of the last things he wrote while he was in jail. Uh, before he died, and he writes to Timothy, who was a follower, a friend, somebody he had poured time and energy and effort into. I don't know if you can think about those people in your lives. Right, the minute I go there, I start thinking about the term legacy. Right, uh, y'all know what I mean by legacy? Right, I think this morning, I mean, this is a privilege to be with you guys. Thanks for allowing us as, to be the church with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a joy. You're here because of a legacy of others, right? A legacy of a mom and a dad, moms and dads, grandparents, who have known this good news, who have passed it on to you, who've lived the up-and-down journey of faith, right? It's an up-and-down journey. By <laughs> how many of y'all got it figured out? Yeah, don't raise your hand. <laughs> that, that's not how we roll here at Watershed, yo. <laughs> but a legacy. I'm here as a result of the legacy of people who have lived in my life, who, who have passed on truths, who have said, you know what? Man, you, these are some of the most important things in your life that you need to hold on to, Aaron. Right? This is, this is what matters most. I was reminded of legacy a couple weeks ago when I got to step, uh, step foot on my old college campus again. 21 years later, to be able to be back there and then to realize I was still remembered what in the world right I, I i don't know about you when you were going through high school and college did you ever really think about how what's my legacy right? No. I'm I'm in my 40s now. Now I'm starting to think about it, right? Uh, I wasn't thinking about in college, what's the legacy I'm leaving? What's what's the relationships going to be like 20 years from now? How will people remember me? But to step back and then see, wow, my life, not only do I represent something in life, but people will remember me. How will they remember me? It got me thinking of a man by the name of D. Elton Trueblood. Now that's a name. How would you like to have that as a last name? Trueblood, right? Isn't that a TV show? <laughs> he was the, uh, uh, the campus pastor, the chaplain at, on Harvard's camper, campus later on at, at Stanford, a Quaker minister. But he says this uh, about legacy and, and thinking about the fact that we, we're gonna, people are going to remember us. He says, a man has made at least a start on discovering the meaning of human life when he plants shade trees under which he knows full well he will never sit. You're beginning to comprehend life when you realize it's not all about you, it's not all about me. But who I am, I will be remembered. I'll be remembered for something, I may be forgotten. But what, what's the legacy I'm going to leave? What am I investing in that maybe has some lasting effects? Well, we remember this morning what Jesus has done. He's left a legacy. Whether or not people agree with it, know it, believe it. He still last, left a legacy, didn't he? <laughs> we all leave a legacy. What will it be? What's yours? Here's what Paul says to Timothy. And I think this is his legacy, and I think this can speak to us this morning. From 2 Timothy chapter 2, he writes this to Timothy, his friend, a follower. He says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and in the things you've heard me say, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these things to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. I want to pause there because, listen, if we know this might be some of the last things people say, we need to let their words marinate with us, don't they? Don't we? Like, we need to slow down and let them kind of sit in us. So let's let's just pause here and look at these words again. What's he say? First and foremost to Timothy, you then, be strong, the word means to be empowered by, let the blood that runs through your vein, the oxygen that's in your lungs, let that be the grace of God let that be what baptism represents. Let that be the unmerited, unearned favor of the God of the world who created you for you, despite what you've done, despite where you are, where you've been, despite even what your thoughts of what your future may be. But this is God's love for you unconditionally. He said, let this be the thing that makes your heart. Again, if we jump back to last week, that's why Paul believed in, was a representative of Jesus. Because he goes, that matters so much to me that I'm going to live that. It's my life breath. I can't do anything but live for Jesus because of his love for me. And Paul says to Timothy, if if I want to tell you one thing, son, it's this. Let that continue to be your heartbeat. Keep running back to grace. Grace. Keep running back, not to your performance, because you're going to screw up. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you know about God. You're going to continue to screw up. (laughs) Not because you're a screw up, No, it's because we make mistakes. We are fallible human beings. That's why Jesus had to come, but keep running back to him. Keep letting his forgiveness, his grace be the thing that shapes you. Keep letting his mercy and his forgiveness, his life, be the thing that pumps in your life. Run back to it over and over and over and over again. Let it be the thing that wakes you up in the morning. Let it be the last thing you think of before you go to bed. Be empowered by that message. And then he says what? Teach it to others. Because if it means something to you, right, if it's the most important thing, you're going to pass it on, right? If if it matters the most, share it. Don't just keep it to yourself, right? God's grace wasn't wasn't meant to be just for you and me. It was meant to be for the world because God so loved the world. He doesn't have it out for anyone. (laughs) That's not his desire. His desire is to bring all back. And he goes, that's why. I want it to be your lifeblood, but I want it not only to be your lifeblood, I want it to be the thing that you give to others. Pass it on. So as he talks to Timothy, jailed, second time, most likely going to his death, he says, Timothy, my brother, my son, hold on to Grace. Let that continue to be your story in this journey. And keep passing it on. Keep trusting it to others. And it's, it's not a pastor talking to others. No, this is a normal guy talking to a normal guy. Right? I want you to get that in your mind. That's not some, some pastor talking to the next pastor. This isn't something for ministry. This is for all of us. Right? This is my grandparents. I, I, man, this drove me nuts. It still drives me nuts. I have the last letter from Grandma and Grandpa Ohms. <laughs> And when we moved, I can't find it. However, I found our wedding uh, VHS. (laughs) So that's a good thing. (laughs) I do, however, know what's in the note. Aaron, we're proud of you. Aaron, we're praying for you in the ministry that you have. And Aaron, we love you. That was the legacy they lived, though. That was the gift they gave to others. I, I, am I surprised that it was that was what they said tonight? By no means. I hit, probably had a hundred notes that said effectively the same thing. However, it also shows me that's how they lived. That was this old Dutch couple that grew up on farms. <laughs> my grandma who raised her children, my grandfather who just went to work. They believed in Jesus. They passed on the gospel. I am today here because of God's news in them, lived in them, and passed on through them. Paul says this then in verse 3. He says, so join me in suffering. The Christian life is not easy. A journey with God is not easy. He says this, join me in suffering. Like a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules the hard working farmer well they should be the first to receive a share of their crops he says this to Timothy reflect on what i'm saying for the lord will give you insight into all this he then goes on to give us three examples right because he says again, this journey of Jesus, Paul's sitting in prison. So, so if you think it's the journey with Jesus is all going to make things pretty and rosy and happy, forget it. It, it. Somebody sold you the wrong bill. The health and wealth gospel ain't true. <laughs> Not because I don't believe it and I haven't claimed it. Oh, trust me, that's <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I believe in Jesus more, and that hasn't brought more riches and wealth. Like, sorry, I just. And when I look at people like Paul, Paul didn't have the health and wealth gospel. How about Mother Teresa, anyone? <laughs> Mother Teresa, while she served others at times, lived through some of the darkest moments and would, would, would go on to write about the, of going, yeah, this, this following Jesus thing isn't easy. But Paul says it's worth it, right? It's consumed him. It's, it's every bit of his life. The hard things in life are worth doing, aren't they? When we believe them, and when they matter to us. He says, join me in suffering. And he gives us three illustrations, like a good soldier. And what does a good soldier do? He says, they don't get caught up in everybody else's affairs. They follow their leader, right? They're committed. They're dedicated. The journey with Jesus, recall, and, and asks of us some dedication. It asks from us some commitment. And he's telling Timothy, stay committed, stay dedicated. Because the soldier knows, right? How many of you know somebody who serves in the military or has right those who go in to serve know they're serving a greater purpose they're planting seeds of shade trees they may never sit under but they're fighting for something more they're they're hopefully now this isn't always the case but mo- you know most of the time we know they're hopefully fighting For peace, they're hoping, hopefully fighting that that there can be freedom, right? Like, they're hopefully fighting for the good of this side of heaven. Right? They serve, they're committed to something bigger. They have to stay true to the one they serve because they know, man, if they get caught up in the mess, they can't now serve rightly those that they're trying to. They have to keep following their commander, that commitment, that dedication goes on to talk about an athlete, right? Not every one of us can relate to the, the soldier metaphor. He now uses an athlete metaphor. And, and, and we know this. Um, Rich, you, you played some high-level competitive soccer, right? you got to stay committed, don't you? I mean, there's discipline, there's focus, there's faithfulness to the plan and the process. Back in the days of the, the old Olympics in the Greco-Roman world, they would say, no rules, no wreath." Now, if you don't follow the rules, you don't get the reward. In in, in that, even, they had to, just like today, right? Athletes got to go through drug testing and things like that before they can compete. They actually had to say, Yes, I completed the regiment of training in order to compete. And then they had to compete by the rules, right? You're not going to get the reward. If you think you can just skate by it all, you think you can just take your hands off and and have it handed to you, it's not something you can cheat your way into. Paul says, don't go that way, Timothy. Stay committed and stay disciplined. It's hard enough, but work on those things and let it work in you. And then he goes to what? Some of us can relate to this one, the hardworking farmer. And there it is. The hardworking. So often we just want to sit back and, and be like, oh good. Now we, we've arrived. But I haven't arrived. I don't know this journey of, of life takes some work, takes some effort. But I love how he says, then the hardworking father gets to reap the rewards of the so, like, no pain, no gain. Anybody know that one, <laughs> right? But man, when you get to taste it, man, when you get to know when you get to understand it, when you get to see the fruit of that labor and get to live in that, all that hard work is worth it. And Paul says, Timothy, reflect on this. You know why? Because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but when you're suffering, how many times do we want to give up or have we given up? Right? When it's been hard, we stop believing And we forget that there's some hard work involved. Now, thankfully, Paul's not done. Because, I mean, this would fill our, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps ideals, right? (laughs) He's not done. He goes on to say this in verse 8. So remember Jesus Christ. Right? Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word, God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is Christ Jesus, the eternal glory. Again, he goes back to our ministry, our purpose, as though, so that those who will come to know Jesus Do. We keep fighting that people will know life, know his grace. And Paul goes, hey, listen, this gospel, this gospel that includes Jesus coming back to life is the good news for us. I want you to know it. I want you to hold on to it. I want you to keep fighting for it. It's a resurrection hope. Or we might say a relentless hope. And in it, he says, even though we're suffering, right? He says, what about God's word? God's word isn't changed. I might be changed. What I'm going through may, may not be what I want, but you know what? It's not going to stop my God. It's not going to stop our God who continues to work in us, through us, and for us, even though it may not seem like it right now. Because our God is about bringing a resurrection, not just simply leading us into a valley of darkness. Right? There is, we are people of a story where there is hope, where there is a victory. It may not always be right here, but that victory is truly eternal. We're going to talk more about that next week as we dive into Revelation. But Paul says, again, remember. Remember that Jesus was resurrected. And that's the hope we stand in. goes on then with a short poem. I love this. Here's a trustworthy saying. So if Paul's saying this, probably good for us. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we'll live with him. Right? Baptism. We have died with Christ and we have been raised in him. Romans 6. If we died with him, we'll live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. We've been given the gift of eternal life. And then he says this. And if we disown him, he'll disown us. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he can't disown himself. I'm going to summarize what this little poem is like this. Paul says to Timothy, hold on to the one who's holding on to you. Hold on to the one who's holding on to you. If we endure, God God is going to keep holding on to us. That's his M.O. All we got to do is look to the God who came into the world to rescue us. And then that whole other part of it, if he disowns us, if we give up on the faith, he goes, yeah, but that's your choice. The gospel good news. We've been resurrected. These truths of baptism are real and true for everyone, for God so loved the world. However, if you choose not to let this be your story, that's your choice. He's not going to... Command you, pull strings. He's certainly going to be faithful. He says, he says even if you're not faithful, he's still going to be faithful. You can't stop God from being God. God is always going to continue to pursue you. If you ch- don't, though, if you walk away, he's like, hey, listen, I, I'm going to let you. Doesn't mean I'm not going to stop pursuing you, but if it's your choice, it's yours. If we endure, He'll keep holding us. Now notice, none of this said, better be perfect. Did it? Hey, Timothy, don't ever screw up. Now, now that you know it, we want a 100% pure life. No. It said, keep throwing yourselves into your identity. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me, would take me in? Right, I'm a child of God. Why? Because of what he
3: says I am.
2: Paul says, live into that, Timothy. Hold on to the one who's holding on to you. Right? Paul's legacy was about Jesus. He wanted to pass the good news of Jesus down. He wanted Timothy to pass that down. Is that the good news in our life? Again, when we think about representing Jesus, we've got to think about if it's good news for us to even represent. But if we are, is that the legacy we want to leave? Is that what we're passing along to others? Not simply am I a good person. I want to be a good person. Anybody else? (gasps) Right? I want to be known as a genuine person. I want to be known as a caring person. More than anything, though, I want to be known for Jesus. Not because I'm paid to be. Trust me. I'm not here necessarily because I wanted to be. (laughs) God had a way. But man, my story is Jesus. I know what it means to need his forgiveness. I know what it means to be reminded that I need and I have a family. I know what it means to know that there's a God who is with me each and every day. As Paul would say, whether I'm in prison, whether I'm free, and I don't know about you, I need an eternal hope that's bigger than what this world can offer. It's a legacy. Paul ends the letter by saying this in, in, uh, in verse 7. He just says, I fought the good fight. Right? What's the soldier do? They go into the, into the battle and he says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, the rightness, perfection, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day and not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul endures because he believes he's holding on to the one who's holding on to him. Is that our legacy? Is that what we believe? Are those the trees we're planting so that others can live underneath the shade? Let's pray. God, thank you again, that you have rescued us. That the gospel, the good news for us, is not about our, what we have done, but about what you have done. Lord, let that again be true for us. The message of hope and life, of forgiveness. And it's all in you. Father, and it's unearned, unmerited. We could never, in fact, earn it. But it's given. It's given freely, Lord. Let that continue to be our, the blood in our veins, the oxygen in our lungs. And Lord, as we interact with our family, our friends, our children, our nieces, our nephews, uh, the children we teach, the people we work with, our, our employers, our employees, our neighbors, those who often we don't see, but need to be seen. God, may the gospel pour out of us to them. May what we're remembered for good, be good news instead of leaving a bad taste in somebody's mouth. Lord, I know each of us can probably bring to mind somebody who has breathed your life into us. God, this morning I just want to say thank you for all of those people in our lives who have, who have shown us a little picture of you. They've been a part of our journey to bring us here to hear about you and to know you even more. God, help us to be those people to others. Again, we thank you, we praise you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.
3: Amen.
1: We want you to stand with us as we sing the song of response.
0: let Never say And beside you, open up my eyes in snow
2: truth of the gospel you are forgiven you are loved and a part of god's family the holy spirit god's presence and power and peace is available to you lives within you and there is eternal life in christ jesus that's the truth for us the challenge for us is how are you going to be remembered what's the legacy you'll leave Is it one of grace or is it something else? As you go to journey with Jesus in all kinds of different ways this week, receive this blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you and give you his peace. the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace, if you don't mind stacking a few chairs, we'd appreciate it. Otherwise, too, you can hang around and chat.